you're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Great to see you all. So this morning, Joni and I are going to tag team it. So um, I'm going to really hurry through. So uh, what Joni's going to share is uh, much more exciting and important than what I'm going to share. Um, so let me just tell you where we're at. Is um, we're, we're going to share a bit of our heart on uh, one of these series looking at worship. And uh, Josh will finish that series next week before we uh, launch the three services. Joni and I, next week, we're going to be... Uh, speaking and leading worship uh, in a church in Brand's home. And uh, I'd really love it if you could pray for us. Um, there's some really exciting things going on behind the scenes with uh, just lots of multiplication opportunities for us as a church, the stuff we've talked about. And so uh, we've got a real heart for, for Hull, as you know, but uh, Brand's home particularly, um, the Lord has been laying that area, that estate on our hearts. So if we could pray for us next week that God would continue to open up doors and opportunity um, with that. And so uh, I've got just a small window this morning just to share some practical detail regarding the three services, the launch of the three services. Um, As already said, these will be at 9.30, 11.15 and 6pm on the 4th of February. And as I was reflecting about the three services and kind of the preparation for this, uh, I was thinking about Colossians 3.17, and it says this, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So essentially everything we do is an act of worship, and we do it for him and through him and representing him in everything. And so as we prepare and posture ourselves to worship God through the launch of these three services. It's going to come across in the way that we worship. It's going to come across in the way we welcome people, in the way we park cars, in the way we serve tea and coffee, the way we interact with each other, particularly those who are new and seeking Jesus, our timekeeping, our service, everything. We're to do those things as an act of worship unto the Lord. And you know what, when we do life thinking through that paradigm and that lens, it changes everything. We don't just see kind of menial tasks as just that, we see it as doing it as unto the Lord. That when we serve that cup of tea, when we welcome that person, it's as though we're doing it unto Jesus. We're doing it for him. We're doing it through him, through his power, and we're doing it as his representative And so I just want to give you a few practical details because I think this will help us as we prepare for the three services. Uh, So the first thing is car parking. I know for many of you, this is top of your list. And and so, first of all, we have a new car park available to us across the road, Clough Road, um, next to the police station. Um, It's called K3. And... um, we're just going to have that as a, a car parking space uh, just for anyone to use at any time. And so you might feel as an act of worship for you is that, do you know what, you're going to come a little bit earlier and you're going to just park there and give space here uh, for those maybe who are new to church um, in this car park 
and just have a, a you know probably three four minute walk across the way to here and so we're going to have an extra car parking space there'll also be and this is really really important a one-way system in operation here and so if you come to park your car you'll come straight through the left gate and you will exit through the other gate by driving round as people then come through for the next service, particularly in the morning. And so there'll be team, um, plenty of team and communication. On paper, this should work. On paper. Uh, uh, but we will, of course, just adjust as needs be. So please um, have plenty of grace. Kids and youth check-in has, will be expanded so there'll be a, um, iPads and a check-in system both downstairs and indeed upstairs. And we'll open 15 minutes before the service, 15 minutes before the service. Um, the service here will uh, be kind of the same format as we have currently, but we'll be shortening things to about an hour and five, an hour and ten minutes maximum. Still space for prayer and time to pick your kids up. And each morning service will be a repeat and there'll be a ministry team too for those wanting uh, extra prayer. Please, can I remind you and encourage you to pick your kids up swiftly uh, at the end of the service, really to uh, honour the team and honour those who are serving and so we can get things turned around for the next service. Can I just say, I am the worst culprit. Okay, I am a nightmare. So I'm kind of, I'm talking to myself and we're, Joni and I are often praying for people, talking to people, and our kids have been left behind. Uh, not in a rapture form, just uh, in the kids' kids uh, church, and they're so gracious to us. Um, and so, uh, please do pick up your kids swiftly, and, uh, and on that, the early you can be here to sign in your children and be ready for worship, as we talked about last week. Uh, that is uh, really important. Youth. Uh, and, uh, and the sixth form, there are different groups uh, and weeks, but when you are in the service, uh, you're actually going to be downstairs, not in the balcony. And on that note, uh, the balcony will be used uh, going forward as a guest lounge for those who are new and to connect with people. And, so, um, and, and that will be reopened again to everyone else once we begin to fill up down here. And so um, we just don't want to leave this space like half empty and then the balcony full. And so we, we, we know there's a tipping point that when we get to a certain percentage, we'll reopen uh, the balcony. And uh, there'll be plenty of space down here in terms of how we're going to space out the auditorium. Hopefully not for long, because the expectation is that this will fill up and fill up and then we'll have some more problems to deal with <laughs> as we go on. Uh, the cafe will be open from 9am, 9am, and then between the two services, and then after the second service, until 12.45, until quarter to one. And uh, we really want to encourage you, uh, for those who come to the 9.30 to stay afterwards, and for those who come into the 11.15 to come earlier, so that you can both say hi uh, to each other. And so to incentivize that, um, we're going to have a special... February of um, uh, breakfast refreshments, and we're calling it Fruit Market and Flapjack February. <laughs> I'd love to take the credit for that, but Josh came up with that in a staff meeting, having had two weeks paternity leave, which is 
He should have been focusing on his baby, but he's just been I'm blue sky thinking for two weeks and coming up with amazing things like that. Um, the auditorium will also be open. The doors will be shut and the band will finish their rehearsal and the, the auditorium will be open 15 minutes before each service so that you can come and just be ready uh, to engage with God. There are going to be connect zones for people who are new, uh, looking for more information and there's going to be three of them. There'll be uh, upstairs, say, in the balcony, there'll be a guest lounge in the back here in the auditorium and then also a connect zone in the cafe. And then homecoming, as we know, every single month we have a homecoming lunch with Joni and I and some of the team. We, we never get less than 20, 25 people, new people to that every single month. Um, but what we're going to be transferring that to an evening once a month with Joni and I and some of the team. And then every single week we will meet with people uh, upstairs and then connect with them um, in more depth once a month. So there's some practical details. Can I just, again, um, plea for grace? Uh, this will be a soft launch. Uh, we're just, as a church, going to get used to this for the next six to eight weeks, and we'll make the tweaks and make the adjustments that we need to do, and then we have a whole comms plan to launch this out across the city to invite people home. And so um, we're really, really excited. And I, I want to th finally thank you to those who gave into our Making Room Fund. Um, it was, last year, was, you were so generous. We gave nearly half a million um, at the beginning of the year, in, in March, I think it was March, April, to our Compassion Center. Uh, and then, um, together with some capital expenditure from the Church Central Fund, we've been able to invest another 30,000 pounds to upscale all the things that we're gonna be doing. And uh, I won't spoil that, there's some nice surprises waiting for you all when you come on the 4th. We've got one thing we had to put up, and that's the 85-inch TV you may have seen in the cafe. Did anyone see that? That was a lot of fun, because I went to Curry's. I said, give me the biggest TV you got, and then I got them to put on our live stream services on YouTube of our church in Curry's. <laughs> and it's a whole new evangelism technique I only managed to get one TV up, but my goal is to get all 40 TVs going in Curry's with our church service. And they were like, is that a church? They were blown away. And they gave me a discount, which is even better. The favor of the Lord. Anyway, I'm going off script. Sorry, Joni. Promised her I'd be quick. Um, and so we've been able to invest another £30,000, which is super exciting. So just um, finally, actually, Jenny, if you could come up. I'd like to welcome uh, two new team, staff team members, uh, Mariam and Luke. Can we welcome them? Let's give them a round of applause. These guys are such a blessing. And um, if you don't know them, connect with them, say hi to them. Um, as you know, our kids, uh, youth is just going off the charts. So Marion's going to be assisting Rachel, who uh, is our assistant pastor for kids and families. And uh, I'm going to be assisting her in leading uh, all our kids' ministry, which is so, so awesome. And, and then Luke has come on team um, with his business. And uh, that's going to be helping us with all things comms and socials and marketing and is, again, just an incredible gift 
And uh, so we just want to pray for these two. So can we just stretch out our hands? And... Yeah, Lord, thank you for yeah, the gifts and the talent and the, the calling that you've placed in and upon Mariam and Luke. We thank you, Lord, that they're here for such a time as this. We thank you, Lord, for just your amazing timing uh, in all that you've been doing and connecting the dots and just doing what you do in your sovereign, providential purposes and plans. Lord, we're so grateful. Lord, I ask um, that you would just pour out your blessing and favor upon them. That, Lord, as they give out, as they serve, as they lead, as they refresh others, that, Lord, they will know such a refreshing in, in their hearts and in their lives. There will be a just, it'll be such a joy to minister, such a joy to serve and wash the feet of the church and indeed to serve our city and welcome them home. Lord, we thank you so much for them. Holy Spirit, fill them, we ask. Give them courage, boldness, creativity, hearts that are soft before you, Lord. We ask for your blessing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It is such a privilege to be up here and speak with you all this morning. My name is Joni. If we haven't met, and along with my husband, it is our enormous privilege of leading this church. I'm also the worship pastor here for this house, and it is it is such an honor to be able to shape um, the culture and the worship here at Hull Vineyard. Um, we're just currently in the sermon series of Wired for Worship, and Before I start, um, if you've got a Bible, whip it out. If you don't, there's loads back there on that stand. I regularly forget mine, sorry, and you can go fetch one. Anyways, it's Hebrews chapter 13. So Hebrews 13 verse 15, and it says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. I'd love to share a bit of my heart to you, to you guys today, it's about my experience in worship and just some encouragements today around submission, sacrifice, and sanctification. I've been singing in church basically my whole life. Um, my earliest memories of singing in church was stood behind a big wooden pulpit on a chair and singing with my dad. I must have been about four Song worship is something I have always been drawn to, even before I had a theology for it. And as I grew up, I noticed so very often that my most profound moments of encounter with Jesus happened during worship. I often wondered why that was, um, but I wholly accepted that I was most at peace in his presence. The whole world seemed to fade into the background as the worship played and I sang. As I say, my theology grew as my discipleship journey continued. It was then, though, that I I knew the surrounding peace of Jesus during worship, though. I've gotten John's cough, so I'm going to just get some water. Sorry about that. 
I've come to understand, however, that these expressions in worship and encounters with God happen not just haphazardly, but because I was seeking God intently. I wanted to be in his presence. I had to be in his presence. I hadn't worked out yet that he wanted me to be in his presence even more than I did. And I found that as I continued in life, hard times came. Worship was very much for me a safe place. It was a sure and secure place, but it was also a sacred place. In worship, I found not only peace, but communion. I could express to God my heart. However my week or my day had gone, and in exchange for tiredness and tension, in exchange for focus on myself, an unfair deal was done. I gave God my bad, and he replaced it with his good. It's not even trades by a long ways. And yet, I came to realize it was, it was never a one-time special offer, but he would gladly trade my tired, worn-out perspective with his refreshing and redeeming peace. Any time that I found myself overstretched and underfed, I found that I had let something else steal my attention, and that God was jealous for my attention. He was jealous for me, and that he desperately wanted my communion and my time. And he never held it over me, as time and time again, I would return to his safe embrace. I found in worship space to be, space to thank him for all that he had done and all that he would do, space to remember, space to dream, courage to continue. I found in worship a holy undoing, an undoing of my best and failing efforts, an undoing of wrong patterns of thought, an undoing of striving and believing lies, an undoing performance. God never wanted my perfect worship. He only wanted my true worship. As I continued, I found that sometimes there weren't even words. I faced situations which seemed so hopeless. And I faced pain and brokenness of this world and found myself desperate for more time with Jesus. Showing up to the worship was my favorite bit. Confession, I'm not sure that's right or not to admit, but there we are. I never struggled to enter in because I had been there so very many times before. I had tasted and I had seen that the Lord is good. Many, many, many times I wished that the ground would swallow me whole or that um, people could not see me as the many tears came so frequently in worship. And yet I couldn't say growing up that I understood that as a feeler, of course, there's going to be an outward expression. I was usually just far too busy playing or working or at school or playing sport or something else just to keep myself occupied. Um, it was pretty unfamiliar as a response at that time. And I hadn't lived long enough to realize that tears don't just come from negative experiences. The tears could be cleansing, not just simply and utterly embarrassing. That people wouldn't just jump to the conclusion that there must be something wrong because she was crying again. Instead, I would get to a place in my life that I understood the good work that was being done in my undoing. 
And eventually, that I would understand that for me, personally, encounters are often marked with tears. It's just part of it for me. I'm sure that part of that is just about the refining process in my own getting over myself and insecurities. I'm also sure that part of that is just my body's response to an encounter with a holy God. It's taken me quite a while, but eventually we all get to a point beyond caring of what others may or most likely have not even thought. The tears come, and I'm okay with that. Whether I'm leading or not, they come. And sometimes they don't come, and it took me rather a long time to realize that that wasn't necessarily an indication of my closeness to Jesus. My encouragement today to you all would be to allow God to keep you in a place of submission, in a place of sacrifice, and in a place of sanctification. Psalm 119, verse 108 says, Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth, and teach me your laws. Again, it says, Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth, and teach me your laws. First, my encouragement is to remain in a posture of submission to God. Allow him to do as he pleases in your life, particularly in worship. If you allow him, he will refine you in these moments, in his presence, and he will teach you. He will reveal things to you in your submission. Maybe things that he wants to free you from. Maybe things to take you into a deeper level of trust with him over. We have to remain teachable. My encouragement would also be to remain in a place of sacrifice in worship. We come, whether that's on a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, a Monday morning, a Monday night prayer meeting, midweek gatherings of home groups, wherever it would be, we come ready for worship. To meet with God, and you know, it's despite our weeks, it's despite our problems, you know, they don't just suddenly disappear once the music has stopped. Um, but we do find ourselves renewed after the worship. And we're ready to go again as our perspective has shifted from ourselves to Jesus. I remember reading somewhere a long time ago, I don't remember where, that this right now here on earth is our only chance, an opportunity to bring God a sacrifice of praise Worship when we aren't well. Worship when we would rather lay down and process pain for a little while. Worship when we are seething over an injustice. And instead, choosing, actively choosing to deny ourselves and to worship despite it all. We will have the whole of eternity to worship and bring God that worship, but there will be no more pain and sorrow to contend with as we bring our worship to him. And so for now, I want to bring him this sacrifice and love while I can. Again, if we are willing, he will teach us. My encouragement would also to, for us is to remain in a position of sanctification, a posture of sanctification. And what I mean by that is, the whole of our lives will be this process of refinement. But so often, we have our excuses of why we stopped doing X, Y, and Z, why we stopped going to meetings, why we had to change a good habit, or 
our reasons for why we became less interested in the disciplines. And justifications in our lives, they're just made one small turn at a time. And before we know it, our appetite, our hunger for his presence and worship is dulled. It's not in the forefront of our thoughts or our hearts. We must be in a continued state of refinement, of becoming more and more like Christ, by being refined by his holy fire, sanctified. Let's stay in a position of seeking his kingdom, his kingdom breaking into our every day, his righteousness, and let our lives reflect this change. The world has enough people seeking to be like each other. So my encouragement would be for us to be markedly different. The person who favors holiness over popularity or position in this life. A people who cannot live the entire week on last Sunday's encounter alone. Again, if we truly desire more, he will teach us his ways. In Jeremiah it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And I love this quote, it's by an American pastor, he's the founder of the Passion Movement, um, Louis Giglio, and it says, if our worship isn't visible, comprehensive, and extravagant, then the gospel we have heard must have been tiny, empty, and cheap. My prayer is that, as a church, we would be continued to have refining encounters with God as, as we bring him our very best and bringing him our first fruits and not just our afterthoughts. Costly worship, offered gladly, remembering all that he is and all that he's done, that we would discover even more the depths of his love for us as we venture further from the safety of our shores and discover that he truly is worthy and can be trusted with all of our lives even when we don't see the full picture of how it turns out. In the end, he wins. That's all we need to know. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.